better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show. Kyle is back. The power has been restored. Good to have you back, my guy. We back. I'll tell you, I don't know how they did it back in like the uh – the 1800s and 1700s and stuff. It's uh, it's not a lifestyle that, and I'm like used to camping and stuff, but this this was I'm too reliant on the grid. I'm happy to admit I, that. I bet you the podcast really sucked back in the 1800s. Yeah, I can't imagine there was any good programming back then to <laughs> listen to. Uh, speaking of that, you just prompted me to remember something. Okay, Kyle Krabs is an Eagle Scout. Yes, it's true. You know, just the. I've been around you so much, and every time it's like I get a couple of nuggets, found out that you were an Eagle Scout, found out that you had pet rabbits growing up, you know? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, you're, I just, you know, it's like you're holding little nuggets from me, you know? Well cultured, what can I say? I Clearly, clearly. Well, <laughs> well, and here's the thing, if, if you told me, Kyle, we're going to go out in the woods for a week, I'd be fine. But when I'm expecting to have like a business-as-usual work week, and you cut my power at 8.15, and I don't have it for 30 hours thereafter, it's an extremely difficult situation to take in stride. I like how you're like, they cut my power. You had a tropical storm with tornadoes. Well, yeah, the tornadoes cut my power. (laughs) Did you settle it up with a tornado? Did you guys have a conversation about not doing that again? No, but I am a little nervous because there's thunderstorms rolling through right now. So I'm like, God. Things are thing sensitive. Just brought- <laughs> like things go out in your neck of the woods just all the time. Well, you know, yeah, like you got you got bad or something. Idiot contractors cutting internet lines, and then it takes them a day to get that back up. And there's a bunch of new construction, so they're always cutting something. Um, Delaware drivers aren't bad though. Like the stigma about certain states and and how you drive. It's not like people are running into telephone poles or anything like that. So I'm just hoping that the, <laughs> the storm comes and goes without incident is all I'm hoping for. Is that something that happens in places like people's power goes out because someone drives into a pole? Yeah. That's oh, a man. thing. Oh, dude. I, imagine. Imagine finding out like everything went <laughs> out. It's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so wasn't paying attention and drove into a pole. I think where where I live, actually, the week sometimes you find out why power goes out. I'd spent a couple times where a squirrel chewed the line. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> you want to get mad? You know, yeah. like he probably paid a much bigger price than yeah. anybody else could wish upon him. He, he won't do it again. Line. Yeah, it's true. Won't have it again. You know, that's why you don't find too many squirrels that chew lines because uh, the consequences are pretty steep for that. Let's talk about football, man. <laughs> uh, so, Bill Hall of Fame, yeah? yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and so this year's whole thing is postponed a year. So um, we would be having Pro Football Hall of Fame game today, by the way. Really? Oh, that's a stinger. Let me say something that I really appreciate. You know, I love to listen to press conferences. I was listening to Zach Taylor the other day, and. Um, Zach was talking about how there's no preseason games and like somebody had asked what the the impact of that on the football team would be. He's like, you know, one thing that we're going to try to do here is embrace the positives of that. And we think with inter-squad scrimmages, we can control more variables. And like when you're in a preseason game, somebody might have like a, a tight hammy or an ankle that's not right. And you might maybe would hold them out, but because you can control more of that, 
within your inter-squad scrimmages, you're more likely to get those types of reps. Also, you can dictate the exact looks that you get. Right? If you want your offense to see something, your defense to see something, you can call those plays. In a preseason game, you're at the liberty of that opponent. And the last thing I'll say is that you can work on more of your actual stuff because in a preseason game, you're not always going to like show your, your cards. So you can get more into your scheme and, and your, your system uh, in those moments. So, you know, I really appreciated while that he found that positivity in ways that he was going to try to embrace the positives of not getting to compete against another team before week one. Good perspective. I like that. But the, what we want to do today is uh, Bill Barnwell, ESPN.com. He did an article on yesterday which was Wednesday August 5th about uh projecting future hall of famers for all 32 teams and so Kyle and I've kind of been skimming through this so we've got thoughts about it and uh just gonna have an organic conversation about the current future hall of famers or projected current football hall yeah. of famers. so he did this by division mm-hmm and just kind of scroll down, and looks like he had three categories here, Joe. Locks, likely to get in, in the running, and work to do. And he gives them some level of percentages uh, as far as what the, those forecasts are. And I haven't had a chance to glean too hard through this, Joe. But I would assume you have to be on the very back end of your career to get likelier locks, except for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Which is weird because, like, he has some very young football players. Joe Burrow's listed in here. Josh Allen from the Jaguars is in here. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds is in here. It's like, how do we even, like, start that conversation with those guys? I'm not really even interested in in mentioning those players. I guess that's the hardest because I'm sitting here. Naturally, the first thing I do anytime I open any article is to look for the Dolphins. Yeah. And he says there's nobody for the Dolphins that would appear to gather. And then he puts Joe Burrow on. Right. This is the same debate that we had when we talked about ranking the quarterback rooms for some of our TDM preseason uh, scouting work that we're going to be releasing here in a couple of weeks, Joe. It's like, how are you going to put one above the other just because of four spots difference on the board when the, the environment for the guy who went lower might be better than the environment for the guy who's at, at one? Who? So, I mean – Based on the names that I see on other teams, like if you do look at the Dolphins, I mean, what names would you put up? I mean, like Jordan Howard? I mean, no, there's nobody. But if you're going to put Joe Burrow on the list, then you should put two on the list. Okay, fair enough. And we've been through that before. I've, I've been annoyed by that. It's like, here's the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. Joe Burrow at 17, Tua at 31. I'm like, how do you even get to that? <laughs> I have no idea. You know? Jeez, man. And it looks like his justification is um, five of the 24 quarterbacks drafted first overall are either Hall of Famers or likely to be enshrined. So he's simply going off the average conversion rate of QBs drafted number one overall. Okay. <laughs> I can't even – I can't even with that. No. All right, so let's, let's get in the weeds here. Here's a name that's always polarizing, Frank Gore. He says likely. Yes, he is likely. He's not a first ballot guy, but at the end of the day, if you have longevity, and, and we seem to forget that Frank Gore, his first few years as far as all-purpose yards were like 
really good. He had 2,180 yards from scrimmage, not even all-purpose yards, yards from scrimmage his second year in the NFL. I think the most important thing for Frank Gore is to make sure he plays next season for the Patriots so he hits every team in the, the East. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, in consecutive seasons too. Yeah, please, God, let that happen. Um, yeah, I just I, – I think – I don't know that at any point you ever said, you know what, Frank Gore is the best running back in football. But my goodness, that type of longevity, that type of consistency, that type of high-level output, man, like that's – if that's not a Hall of Famer, I don't know what is. Brother, he had over 1,200 yards from scrimmage, so rushing and receiving yards in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 consecutive seasons. Don't, nobody's done that before, right? Like that's – that's bananas. Uh, it's it, his consistency has been nuts. Yeah, he has almost a hundred career touchdowns and almost twenty thousand yards from scrimmage. Yeah. Yes, he is a Hall of Fame player. Here's one: Earl Thomas, safety, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Part of that legendary Legion of Boom, right? So I love. I like whenever I can associate a little heritage there. Yeah. Yeah, like I love to be able to like associate a player with something like that. That was. We'll always remember that secondary. Here's what I would say is in Earl's favor. Um, his stretch of play from 2011 to 2015, he was probably considered the best safety in football. Best free, safe, best free safety in football. Yeah. You know, ton of uh, turnovers uh, produced. Uh, he had five interceptions as a rookie. And then had another – from 2011 to 2015, he had 5, 10, 15, 16 interceptions, a uh, whole bunch of forced fumbles in here. Obviously, the Legion of Boom used a three-time and three consecutive seasons of being a first-team All-Pro. I think he's built the resume between seven Pro Bowls, three-time first-team All-Pro, the turnovers that he's created. I think there's enough there that I can get behind him being a likely Hall of Famer. How about Julian Edelman? He's he's been a polarizing guy in this discussion. Oh, man, what did what did Bill classify him as? Uh, Julian Edelman is work to do, ten to thirty nine percent. I mean, how much work is this guy going to do? What's left in the tank for Edelman? Right, my my guy is thirty four years old, and he has three one thousand yard se- receiving seasons. I mean, he I overachieved, like, good for you, man. Like, a, a quarterback at Kent State, seventh-round pick, you wind up, like, being one of the best slot receivers in the NFL for a right. while. You right. won Super Bowls. You had meaningful catches. You had meaningful drops. You know, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not all the way in on that one. Um, like, I would like to scroll through the all-time receiving yards do you know where do you know where Julian Edelman is on the all-time receiving yards? He's got 6500 for his career. 6507, yes. I don't know, 75th. Uh he's 170th. Okay, so it's not So, close. no, hold on. Now I'd like to read through some of the names that did not make the Hall of Fame that are above him in receiving yards. All I'm going to do is start with the next available guy. Okay? okay? Odell Beckham Jr., okay? He's still playing. He's played half as long as Julian Edelman has and has more receiving yards. Henry Marshall, Doug Baldwin, Heath Miller, 
Brett Perryman, Al Toon, Jericho Cotchery, Dion Branch, Chris Collinsworth, Marty Booker, Dwight Clark, Larry Centers, Marshall Falk. He didn't get in the Hall of Fame, but he was a running back and has more receiving yards than Julian Edelman did. Uh, Ahmad Rashad, Charlie Hennigan, Nate Washington, Derek Alexander, Jake Reed, Pat Tilly, Sean Jefferson, Reggie Rucker, Isaac Curtis, Ken Burrow. Like, half these guys you haven't heard of, right? Yeah. And that's the point. So just because he played for the Patriots, let's not put him on the pedestal. I do not think he's a Hall of Famer. No. I don't think never ever do at this point to become a Hall of Famer. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food that you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, so just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left outside your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. That's 5 bucks off your first order, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDON for five bucks off your first order with DoorDash. Kyle, one of my favorite names to pound the table for in the Hall of Fame discussion that I don't think gets enough love is Geno Atkins. I am- yeah, he's got, what, 74 and a half sacks or something like that to this point as a defensive tackle. Eight Pro Bowls. Um, like, low-key, he was in that draft class with Sue and Gerald McCoy. Like, Gino's been the most consistent one of those. What's a pain for Gino, I, I agree with you that he's super slept on, is that, like, he's had to play and overlap with both the dominant J.J. Watt era and the dominant Aaron Donald era. So, yeah, it's like it's a perfect storm for Geno Atkins to consistently put up like crazy good pressure numbers and never get recognition for it because like they're dwarfed by two of like the all time greats at the peak of their careers at the peak of their production. Yeah. That stinks. Eight time Pro Bowler, NFL 2010s all decade team. Come on, the resume's there. I want some respect for my guy. Yeah, he's in. Hey, by the way, I found some more names of players that you might find interest in that have more receiving yards than Julian Edelman. All right. Wayne Corbett, Ed McCaffrey, Des Bryant, Nat Moore, uh, Chris Chambers, Pierre Garçon, uh, let's see, Mike Wallace, Sterling Sharp, Greg Jennings. By the way, none of these guys are Hall of Famers. Plaxico Burris. Uh, Lavernius Coles has more than 2,000 more receiving yards than Julian Edelman does. Not in the Hall of Fame. Joe Horn, Mark Duper, Ricky Prohl. You had me at Wayne Corbett, man. Mark Clayton. Herman Moore. Amani oh. Toomer, Marcus Colston. None of these guys are in the Hall of Fame, by the way. Eric Moulds. 
Andre Risen. Eric Molds, 9,995 receiving yards. Not in the Hall of Fame, but Julian Edelman's a, a, a lock with 6,000 because he played for the Patriots. Okay. I, I just want Eric Molds to get five more receiving yards, man. Stanley Morgan. Roddy White. Roddy White had over 10,000 receiving yards. Yeah, he's a good player, man. Joey Galloway had almost 11,000. Do you know that? In the Hall uh, of Fame. Somebody traded two first round picks for Joey Galloway. That's Remember true. That? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Moosey Muhammad. Moose. 11, 11, 11,500, not in the Hall of Fame. He's been eligible for six years now. Kyle Eric Lee. Mason, 12,000 receiving yards. He retired in 2011. He's not in the Hall of Fame. But Julian Edelman has half as many receiving yards and he's going to get in. Okay. Super Bowl wins, you know? This is stupid. <laughs> All right, Kyle, we get it. He's, we, we, she's, we shouldn't be in the conversation. Is this disrespectful to Phillip Rivers? He has Phillip Rivers in the category of – oh, I just scrolled off of it. Like it's in the running. In the running, 40 to 69% chance. No, I don't think that's disrespectful. I don't think he's – would you prefer for him to be likely – I mean, is the problem with Phil that, like, he just doesn't have the postseason success? I think that's a part of it. I, I think at the end of the day, your individual accolades will help. Eight-time pro bowler, he's never been an all-pro, which kind of makes it interesting, right? He's led the league in passing once back in 2010. He led the league in passing touchdowns once back in 2008. Um, I think just based off raw numbers, he'll get there eventually, but I don't know that Phil's going to be a first ballot guy, which feels weird to say because he's got almost, he's going to go over 60,000 passing yards and over 400 touchdowns this year. But I mean, this guy's been like historically productive. He's, Started a billion games in a row. I mean, I think he's. I mean, I guess if what who's that? Uh, the, the comparison that Bill comes up with is Ken Anderson. I, you know, I I was is the Bengals quarterback, right? Yep. Like if Ken Anderson's not in, then Philip Rivers isn't in. And I think is that Phil, what we're I, saying. I think Phil will get in. I think he's likely – so I guess from my perspective, yeah, I think he's likely. So maybe it is a little disrespectful. I don't think he's going to be a first ballot guy, though. No, definitely not first ballot. I can live with that. What if he wins the Super Bowl with the Colts this year? Man, then you're talking about flipping the script and getting on some John Elway shit. <laughs> it's, I only got an offensive line, man. I'm excited for him. I don't know if he's got enough arm left, though. No, I'll be anxious well. to see that. <laughs> All right, I threw about a million names at you. What, what stands well, we out put, to you? We put Tyreek Hill in the likely bucket. That's crazy, right? 70% chance that that's, he makes it. That's ambitious. He's probably, he doesn't have as many receiving yards as Julian Edelman yet, I'd guess. Yeah, well, hold on now. He's also played half as many years as Julian Edelman has. <laughs> yeah, he's 4,115 yards. 32 touchdowns. Yeah, he's two-thirds of the way. And when did he, when did he start playing? Tyreek, uh, yeah. his first year was in two, 2016. Okay, so he's literally played – Four seasons. Four seasons, and Julian Edelman's played 10. 
<laughs> he's uh, he's got just going to turn into the dump on Julian Edelman podcast. No. I, I mean, I have issues with Julian Edelman, like for his like dirty antics as a punt returner, where he's like notorious for calling for a fair catch and then blocking. He's a jerk. I don't think Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill should be in the same bucket at this point. And that's where Barnwell has them? Yes. Both likely. 70 to 99%. You know, look, there's a lot of obvious names on here, by the way, like Adrian Peterson, J.J. Watt. I mean, Jason Witten. Tom Brady. I mean, there's nothing to talk about with those players. Right, right. I'm, I'm interested in these, like, 70-ish Ooh. percent. We've got three likely Hall of Famers for the Dallas Cowboys, Jill. Yeah, you know, they always seem to get some love on these types of articles, right? Zeke, Zach, and Tyron Smith. I mean, Tyron and Zach, I mean, they're probably, like, top two, three players at their position for, like, a while. I mean, Zach Martin, I think we could say, has been a dominant football player for a while now. So is Tyron Smith. This is very fitting. Just sitting here reading uh, what he had to say about Tyron Smith. And he says, the only, the left tackle has seven Pro Bowls and two All-Pro nods before turning 30. The only eligible player with that sort of resume who hasn't made it to the Hall of Fame is former Miami Dolphin Richmond Webb. And Reb, Webb was also a left tackle, but he didn't get a single Pro Bowl until after turning 30. Hmm. Of course, of course. Like you said, some teams just get all the love. Dallas Cowboys, one of those teams. Somehow Matthew Stafford and Jeff Akuda are in the same bucket work to do. 10 we to put Andrew Thomas in the work to do bucket. But we, you can't think? Put two, we can't put two in for the Dolphins and give them a single player? <laughs> He's got what are we doing? So, David, so Andrew Thomas is in the same bucket as David Bakhtiari. Yes. And so is Chase Young. I feel this is, I look, I'm sure the editors wanted this article, but man, you got it. Like I would sit here and like, if I were, if somebody said, Joe, you have to write this article. And I'd be like, okay, fine. I'll do it. I would sit there and I would think about all the, the holes people would poke and I would avoid these types of things. Right. Alex Mack work to do. Um, let's see. I'm sure Teron, Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek in the work to do bucket. I, I think Gronkowski's a lock, don't you? Yeah. Oh, he's absolutely. In the, he's in the likely bucket. Absolutely, yes. I'm not, I'm not sure first ballot, but he, he shouldn't have to wait long. Oh, of course. Here you go. Gronk has five first-team All-Pro appearances. The only Hall-eligible players drafted since 1970 who have those and aren't in the Hall of Fame are Alan Fanica and, you guessed it, another Miami Dolphin, Zach Thomas. Oh, yeah. The disrespect. But – I think Rob's a lock. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Levante David disrespect is real. He's in the work to do bucket. Yeah, and like comparatively speaking, he's been as good as like Keekley and, and Wagner. Yes, you put, their, just num- you put their numbers up side by side with both of those guys, <laughs> and his numbers are just as good. He just happens to play in Tampa, so it doesn't really move the needle as much. Well, and that's the Rondé Barber thing, right? Like the the nickel position was literally invented because of Rondé Barber and he's got like rare production. The guy can't get any love. What do you think of Chandler Jones being in the um in the running? Bucket? Oh no no wait, no 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 what wait what percentage is that? Oh that's forty to sixty nine percent. 
he needs to be above 70, 70. Through eight seasons, which is where Chandler Jones is in his career, nobody in the history of the game has ever had more sacks than him. Not Bruce Smith, who finished hey, his career with 200. He's, he's been the best pass rusher in the NFL the last three seasons. Yo, dude, like <laughs> – Oh, he, that's... he has 49 sacks in his last three seasons. It becomes 60 in his last four since being traded to Arizona. 60 sacks in four seasons. Averaging 15 sacks a year. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. So that's, that's 40 to 69%, right? That's what that category is? Yes. Which is the same category as Alvin Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore. Mm-hmm. Hey, Johnny Hecker's in the work to do bucket punter yeah dolphins couldn't get a guy in though <laughs> kyle you've spun this conversation to <laughs> for the dolphins outrageous Zach thomas <laughs> it's unbelievable <laughs> i can't believe it <laughs> i feel like that's as close to a trevor sikkim a moment as i'm ever gonna get right oh now that's all i'm gonna think about how about uh christian mccaffrey in the running what's that 40 69 percent yeah He's had two really good years. I mean, I don't know, like, yeah, if you keep, I guess if you operate under the assumption that they're going to be the same player they've been in recent history for like many more seasons. Okay. Well, how many, let's pull up. I want to compare Christian McCaffrey to somebody else real quick. So, okay. I'm going to pull up his reference. He's played three seasons in the NFL, right? And he has 5,443 yards from scrimmage and 39 touchdowns in three seasons. Um, that is very close to the first three seasons that we have seen from Ladainian Tomlinson to start his career. And LT had 1,600, 2,100, 2,300. So Christian's behind that pace just a little bit, but. Christian had more has the highest total yards from scrimmage out of any of those six seasons from all of those guys combined. And his 19 touchdowns were two more than LaDainian Tomlinson had in his third year as well. So I'm like, just uncomfortable assuming that they continue that pace. Well, LT did it for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then he fell off the cliff. And he ne- he only got 2,000 yards from scrimmage one more time in his career. Granted, he also had 31 touchdowns in 2006 <laughs> and led the league in rushing three times. But, like, from just a raw output production, he's in the ballpark. And LT, or his touches, he had 398 touches, which led the NFL as a rookie. He had 451 touches as a second-year player, and then he had 413 touches his third year. That was like – so from 2003 to 2006 – well, really starting in 2000. So in 2000, Marshall Falk had 26 touchdowns, mm-hmm. set a new NFL record. Then Priest Holmes in 2003, 27 touchdowns. Yeah, golden era of running back. Sean Alexander in 2005, 28 touchdowns. And then 2006, LaDainian Tomlinson, 31 touchdowns. Is McCaffrey the most likely guy to challenge that number? What's the most touchdowns he's had in a season? 19 last year. I mean, you, you have to love the idea of him in Joe Brady's offense. Todd Gurley had 21 touchdowns in 
2018. That's the the highest of like an active player. David Johnson, uh, 20 in 2016. Shady McCoy, 20 in 2011. Those are your only 20 touchdown seasons. I guess but let, recently. But let me let me ask you: of all of the NFL players in the game right now, which one would you take to score 32 touchdowns and break the record? Uh, before everyone yells at me, Aaron Jones had 19 touchdowns last year, and Derrick Henry had 18. Um, Close. Yeah, Alvin Kamara had 18 in 2018 as well. I mean, I, I don't you feel like it has to be either Aaron Jones, uh, Christian McCaffrey, or Derrick Henry? What about Saquon? Oh, it's not a it, that's there's no ability questions there, right? Like he can right. do that. He scored 15 as a rook. So I think them settling in offensively, right? Like I think that's going to be important for them. Some continuity, you know, like timing, him trusting his blockers, right? Stuff like that. But he so, he can. So do you want to you want to maybe make a bet here to wrap up the show? Maybe. You want to pick which running back you think will have the most touchdowns this in year? 2020? This year? Yes. Um, okay. What I'm going to do, let's not do it too off the cuff. Let's go to the draftnetwork.com and reference the Eisner board, right? Yeah, okay. Because the Eisner board is a very valuable resource. Jamie Eisner, our fantasy guru at the draft network i'm gonna go to the running back rankings and this was last updated uh end of june so he's got another update coming but his tier one running backs mccaffrey saquon kamara and zeke tier two is aaron jones dalvin cook derrick henry joe mixon austin eckler and clyde edwards Hilaire. so we're talking rushing and receiving Yes, total touchdowns in 2020. What running back do you think has the most? Derrick Henry. How many? 17. 17. Okay. Oh, man. See, there's even some sleepers down here in Tier 3 with, like, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb. Man, I'd be going tier three running backs. I would probably, I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. Final answer? 21, yes. A.J. Dillon, second round pick, two back system. No, nope. Aaron Jones. Into that? Contract year, baby. They're going to run him into the ground this year. Okay. We'll both be wrong. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing, like, of the tier one guys, like McCaffrey, how good is the offense going to be? Obviously, Joe Brady being there, you're excited for, but like, is this team going to score points? I don't know. Saquon, they seemed like they wanted to pass the ball more, and there wasn't a lot of consistency with how much they fed him the ball in the passing game last year. Kamara's just like, dealer's choice right like the regression he had last year but the offense didn't take a step back so is he gonna get more on his plate i don't know 
Zeke's probably the most safe choice of the tier one guys, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Well, new offense there, though. New so. offense. That's correct. Mike McCarthy. Yeah. I feel good about yeah. my pick. He's not conceding. He's Derrick Henry's not conceding any goal line touches to Darrington Evans. Okay. And they're going to, I mean, they, this is what they signed up for. This is what they want their, their offense to be. All right. Well, we're going to find out. So make sure you guys follow along with us all year. We're getting close to football. The uh, ramp up period for training camps is well underway. And uh, we are going to steer you through. Hey, Joe, by the way, we're going to uh, do a little thing tonight, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. We're going to be live tonight on YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope, uh, streaming a new show concept. Uh, and it's going to be Would You Rather, in which Joe and I bring each other unpleasant. Well, unple- does it have to be unpleasant? Mine are going to be unpleasant. Oh, come on. I was trying to give you like good, challenging, okay, relevant you- football topics. Okay. Maybe not fine. even football talk- topics. That's fine. But it's, it's a would you rather hypothetical that we are going to pose to each other and then discuss. So looking forward to maybe if you have any suggestions, I wouldn't say put them out and tweet them because then Joe might steal them, but you can DM me. I'm at grinding tape on Twitter. DM me. DMs are open. <laughs> if you have a, a hypothetical, would you rather that you would like to see us tackle? So Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, make sure you check us out. If you missed the live stream, it will be on the show tomorrow. So lots to look forward to. Hit subscribe on Draft Dudes. Thanks as always for listening.